Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things trading and investing. Now, we hope you've had a good day and are for ready for what I am sure will be another great stock market show. Given what's going on in the market right now, tonight's going to be another cracking, exciting show. Our topic for tonight is the top 20 stocks, where will they head post-coronavirus pandemic? As always, we'll look at what's currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks you're interested in and give you our expert opinion, plus a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and joining me tonight is the super fantastic Janine Cox, our Senior Analyst, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hello, Dale. How are you this evening? What did you say? I can't hear you that far away. <laughs> this is my space day out of it. <laughs> it is. It's like having a king-size bed, isn't it? You've got to yep. go play the journey to the other side of the doona to find your wife. So. Actually, now I can't see the nose hairs, that, you know, so I don't, I won't, there's no risk that I'll be able to pluck them out. I just can't reach anymore. It doesn't matter if you can see them or not. You can't even reach them. We're that far apart. It's like, this is terrible. It's like, sorry for this looks a little bit strange, but obviously we've, uh, all, we've all got to do our bit with the coronavirus, don't we? With um, you know, staying a, a long way away. So it's going to be a bit weird tonight. We can't reach the keyboards and everything else. We've now only got one person in our studio um, rather than a, the team we normally Everyone have here. Else so, is yeah, but at least we're not doing this from our bedroom like some people are or our <laughs> spare room. We are in the studio, but um, you had a good week? Yeah, I did actually. I did. Mm-hmm. I just was looking at a few things on the market and I'm so excited that, that you picked the top 20 stocks to talk about actually. Yeah, it's really good. A lot of people, how do I say it? A lot of people underrate them uh, really for about what they can do and how they can achieve. So tonight's mm-hmm. going to be probably a bit of an eye-opener for a lot of people, I would suggest. So, But uh, but hope you like our new studio. We haven't finished it yet just simply because getting out to Bunnings and things like that is a little bit harder nowadays and I needed to do a few more things. But uh, if you've got some questions, let us know. But let's move on. Now, if you've got a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box, so put your questions there. Remember to keep your comments tonight to something that's constructive and adds to the conversation so that we can assist as many people as possible with genuine questions. Now, if tonight is your first time on the show, then may I say a big hi to you and welcome. We're excited to have you with us and hope you enjoy the show. Now, moving on, of course, it's the fifth Tuesday in the month. We don't get a lot of those, do we? No, once every three months. (laughs) And this means that we'll give you our hot tips. So let's get into the charts and discuss our thoughts right now. Remember, this doesn't happen every month, and I cringe at the word hot tip or the word. So do I. I really do cringe at the word hot tip. And, you know, I thought I'd, when I I thought, oh, this morning I went, oh, okay, I've got to do a hot tip. And I thought, I'm going to cover a stock that we, that I did last week with our students. You know how every week we do a report. So for people who aren't students and graduates of ours, we do a report every single week where myself and Janine and and our other traders, we actually record our thoughts on stock. So like I'll do 20 minutes, half an hour on a stock and we do what? less than two minutes on every stock and we don't put any analysis on we it. We have so. a competition to see who's going to record the shortest recording, don't we? Yeah, that's always me, not, not Janine. <laughs> Janine likes, likes putting more on it than I do. Um, uh, but I've just been told the last couple of weeks it's been you. Oh, the last couple of weeks it's been me. I've bit the prize, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, well, yes, I've done two recordings the last two weeks. That's why mine have been a bit longer. So that's what I'll keep saying. But the stock I did last week for our students was Ansel. And so I thought that's probably a perfect stock for me to pick for you tonight and the reason why i picked ansel is because mainly because of the industry they're in they're making mm-hmm. they're making rubber gloves and 
um, things for surgeons and hospitals, gowns, protective gear yeah, and that fantastic. sort of stuff. And, you know, we've got millions of those being made right at this very moment. So ANSA's likely to benefit from what's going on on this coronavirus. But let's bring up the chart and I want to show you a little few little things on the chart now. If I just turn my laptop around so I can see it a little bit better. Um, so I'm stealing it from Janine, guys, mm. which is great. She won't let me normally steal the mouse for, for, for too long. So looking at this, what we're actually seeing is Ansel's actually fallen down. But if you can see, this is a monthly chart and we've got from that low right back there um, in 2001, I think it is. I've got to put my glasses on, guys. Um, it's terrible when you get old, isn't it, Janine? Um, from that low in 2001, you can see here it keeps rising up and around this grey line that I've drawn up here. But what I want you to notice is when it does fall below it, it doesn't go below for very long before it starts its move up again. And it moved up. It didn't go below it very much here. It fell below for one or two months through here and then it took off again. It fell below for one month here and then took off again. A couple of months down here and took off again. So right now we're below it this month and it's finding some support around this $20.60. Now, for it to get back up to its all-time high, you're seeing there it's $33. So that's over 50% rise just to get back up to its all-time high. So to me, what I'm looking at here, and you can see the close right there. It's right up high can now at, at 27 Because I think I have to get a magnifying glass for the... Oh, viewers to be able to some, see it. Get some glasses or just watch it on TV. You'll be fine <laughs> from there. But you can see how it came down and bounced. Now I'm going to go to the weekly chart and just show you what's happened in the past week. See, I think all our students heard my recording and then just jumped in, in on it. But if I go here... <laughs> I hope not. I don't <laughs> follow the rules. No. Um, if I go here and just click on my little tool, you can hear, see here that was last week's open. That was the week before it's closed. Um, and obviously, this is the current week that we've actually got now. So from the close here last week, so that was the week ending the 27th of March, it's currently up 17.15%. And at one stage, it was obviously up a hell of a lot further. So it did bounce, but today it's come back a little bit. So what we're looking at here, and I'm not suggesting anybody should just rush in and buy it, but you can see here today it gapped open and traded down. Now we've had one, two, three, four, five six days up so I would expect a few days down on this and what I'd be looking at is to really hold above that low there at 21.43 and if it can do that and start to move up again. And so what you're um, saying is you, you'd rather see it come back first is that what you're saying? Yeah what I want to do is see it, it, it I want to see it move up um, up and then I want to see it down and I want to see it test that low and if it can turn around and start to move up again then I'm really getting excited about this stock and thinking it could be good now Word of caution is in this volatile market, anything can happen. And so I'd be really cautious um, from anybody who's not a good trader. I'd also be making sure I've set my stop losses on this stock. And you have but, good rules. And you have good rules. But obviously, fundamentally, this stock is likely to really benefit from this coronavirus outbreak because it's not going to be short-lived uh, in terms of the, the health side of things, in terms of obviously... SARS took a couple of years before it fully went. Now, whilst we can get it under control and managing and everything else, hospitals, we're, we're ordering millions of these masks and gowns and all sorts of other personal protective gear for hospitals in Australia. And obviously, uh, there's a lot going off offshore, as we've seen as well. So I think Ansel's quite prepared, or sorry, well positioned to benefit from a hell of a lot of this going on, as long as they can keep producing. So I think that's probably a good idea. But uh, that's my personal pick at the moment of a stock. Now, can I just challenge that thinking? You can. You, you can even argue with I me guess, if you like. <laughs> Throw something at me. It's fine. I'm too far away for you to hurt me. <laughs> Can't hit you from there. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, think about all the elective surgeries that have been cancelled mm. at the moment. Yep. And also, I had a personal experience going into one of the hospitals. This was before everything got really serious, but it was just when the coronavirus started to come out and everybody was, you know, they'd be concerned about you if you looked like you had a cough or anything mm. like that. They'd think that you had the coronavirus. But the emergency department was empty in a hospital. And so I thought, that's really odd. And for, so if, I'm, if you're thinking about the, the fact that people are less inclined to go to a hospital or a doctor or anybody, isn't, doesn't that then mean that they're not um, likely to be there's a lot of those consumables are not uh, likely to be consumed, if you like. Well, they mm. might put them into storage and people might be stocking up on them at the moment. What does all that mean? And then we don't know how long it will be until all of those elective surgeries and things are available. 
Um, you know, we, I was just talking to your wife today about the fact that the dentists have cancelled um, all the appointments. So there's a lot of consumables there that won't be used. So I was just thinking about that as well and, and how that could potentially affect a stock like that. Yeah, I thought about that too. And it's, it's, you've, but you also, if you go down the supermarket, you can see supermarket employees wearing disposable rubber gloves, surgical yeah. type gloves. Mm. Um, you're seeing a lot more of that. You're seeing everybody wearing, a lot more people wearing masks and things like that. So you're getting, also you're getting people in the food industry a lot more. They were already wearing those mm. types of gloves, obviously yeah. when they're making your sandwich and that, but you're seeing a lot more people wearing protective gear mm. right now just to obviously to protect themselves and protect people that they're looking after. But you're also getting, people still get sick not, you can't, uh, in the normal scheme of things without a coronavirus, people will still get sick. Mm. And so we're going to be getting, obviously, more doctors doing sort of maybe home visits, that sort of stuff, and okay. um, a whole range of other things. And, yeah, so elective surgery has stopped, mm. but they're stopping it till about June at this point in time. But also the federal government's come out and said, look, you know, with those private hospitals, they're going to be taking work, up some of the slack. Taking up some of that slack as mm. well. We're also, you know, got. Uh, I think now we've got capacity to double our emergency beds. Now I think they've already done that. Mm. Um, so we're ahead of that curve at this point in time. I think what we're trying to do is really gear up for winter, and that's I yep. think where the government's really worried because which once is winter smart. happens, mm. is that in winter time. We've, we're inside more, which is not so bad, but what happens is we're using heaters and heaters dry the air out. And when heaters dry the air out, what you're getting is the contagions or the, um, what do they call them, the, the viruses, they float in the air a lot longer. Uh, and so therefore that's why we catch more flus in wintertime because we're indoors, somebody coughs, it stays in the air a lot longer. They're not so worried much when we're outdoors because it drops really quickly to the yep. ground and we don't pick it up. But that's why the government right now is really pushing to make sure everybody's locked down now before winter. Mm. They'll be pushing companies like Ansel to really produce a lot of stuff mm. because if this thing dries, remember last week we said we'll get a run and then it'll drop off and then you'll get another run. Yes. That next runs into winter time and we get a whole nother explosion of this stuff. Mm. I think Ansel and other companies are going to be run off their feet. But I guess again, we don't know. Be, do I we? guess what they've got to be careful about to a certain extent, and this is, goes for any manufacturer really, mm is to gear up and all of a sudden the, the, the well dries up. Correct. As in that it's, it's no more that, I shouldn't say, <laughs> I was going to make some derogatory comment, but I'm not going to. But all of a sudden there's an opportunity and mm. people are seizing it and they're gearing up for it uh, financially and then all of a sudden in three months, six months or whatever, that runs out. That's the yeah, risk, isn't it? I think I'd be more worried if I was building respirators, if you know what I mean, because yeah. that could be more shorter term. But when you're talking about surgical gloves and protective clothing, hospitals use mm. them all the time. And so it's, yeah. it's maybe you may have a bit of an oversupply for a month or two, um, but you're probably not going to do six months supply in one hit mm. as long as you can ramp your production up. But as I said, this is my dark yeah, horse. Okay. My And I said, I'm not sure. Right now, it looks like it's going to do all right. It looks like it's not going to fall away again. Um, but again, I constantly saying, and yeah. Janine's constantly saying right now is, please just make sure if you do enter stocks right now, make sure you set a stop loss and stick to it. But uh, to me, you're better off sitting here and waiting for the dust to settle. We only saw the market fall away again today. Mm -hmm. You know, people would have been buying today thinking, hey, last week the market was up. You know, four out of the last five days the market's up. Hey, it's hit the bottom. Let's jump in. And they would have been jumping in today and the big end of town would have been selling. Um, but the worst part about it is that it actually gives them... Mm -hmm this false sense of confidence because all of a sudden the stocks go up and they mm. think they're right in doing what they're doing. Absolutely. I think it gives them about justification from mm. it anyway. So let's move on um, to the next now little bit. Now it's time to get into our emails. And the first one we've got tonight's from Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Thank you very much for that. And he says, hi, team. Continue to love your show. Read both your books. A couple of times he's read them now. Um, great. It's a good bedtime reading. Uh, do you fall asleep during it at all? You've got to be honest. <laughs> well, I've had lots of people tell me they've taken me to bed. Yeah, and they don't stop reading it. They read the whole book through. I know. My wife cracks up, up people taking me to bed. I read my book, so <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Great reference material as well. Question tonight is around JB Hi-Fi. I'm looking at adding it to my medium-term portfolio. It's always a good stock, but, mm. you know, it's been hit hard as well. Goal growth and income. 2019 was a good year. However, the three preceding years were sideways. Wondering what you... Your thoughts are um, for when the dust settles in the future. Kind regards, Kevin. Thank you for that one. That's okay, a good so one. you want to bring up JB Hi-Fi. So it's in the 
in the workbook that we've got, so I set it all up. So Janine will bring that up right now. Sorry guys, we're gonna be a tiny little bit disjointed tonight, because as you can see, we're sort of trying to share a little laptop here and, and be a little bit more comfortable. But uh, I'll get into the chat in a second while Janine's bringing up okay. stock. It's, um, yeah, we already had it in there, did you see? Uh, did you have it? Oh, it's yeah, next... I had them all prepared for well, you. Well, I'm wondering why my mouse yeah. is not working. Someone's playing a trick no, on me No, that mouse is not studio. working because the technician didn't do his job and give us the little receiver. So, but we'll try and work that one out too. So <laughs> we can't think of everything, can he? No, he can't think of anything. All right, now JB Hi-Fi, you can see there on the screen, it's been absolutely slammed. So from forty-six dollars down to uh, more than half of its value, it fell during the correction. So. If you were holding it and you got stopped out, I'm not surprised. If you took um, a profit, if you had made a profit all the way up here, you took a profit, well then look well done in doing that. But looking at it, you can see there that it may not recover um, it quickly. You know, there is a risk here that the stock could actually um, struggle to, to recover. It may do so in the short term as we're thinking for most stocks on the market. Uh, looking at it now, we can see this week is up. So it, it may actually start to move back up. And we can see there's a gap on a lot of stocks. There's a gap right up near the, the highs. The question is, how long will it take to fill for that gap to fill? And that's what the big unknown is right now. But this is the catch a falling nice scenario. People trying to pick the bottom and then it bounces up. And then the potential is that it comes back down again or just straight trades sideways for a long time. But look, JB Hi-Fi has always been a favourite stock. I mean, something that you can order online. You don't have to go into a store to purchase products with JB Hi-Fi, a good Australian company. Uh, long term, looking at it, we can see there that it's had ups and downs, many ups and downs over time. If I go back in history and I'm just uh, struggling here with the the... Um, the mouse pad is not my favourite um, techno feature, techno feature. Now, I've been trying, oh, thank you very much. He's actually handed it over. Wonderful. Uh, now, looking at that, you can see there have been times in history where the stock's fallen heavily, but nothing like what we're seeing right now. So it's really broken out of its long-term term trend. So I think it's going to be a while, Kevin, before the dust settles on this one. That's, that's my opinion there. So Dale, we've got another question from Maria. Yeah, the next question we got from Maria says, hello and thank you for what you and da what you and Janine do. I'm very grateful as I'm sure a lot of people are. Uh, thanks for saying that, Maria. Um, only if um, you can, I am looking at ResMed, it seems. To me, moving in the right direction, if I'm reading it correctly. Thank you both, Maria. I know a lot of people have been asking us about ResMed lately, haven't they? Well, ResMed did so well and it actually has held up well. It, even though it dropped, you can mm. see here on the monthly chart on the left, and for anyone new on the show, the most important thing that you can ever do is look at the long-term direction of any stock or market. And so that's why we usually look at the monthly chart first. And you can see here that it's not out of the ordinary for ResMed to have a bit of a uh, steady fall, a quick fall. We can see here one and a half months down there into this low in 2015 before it then moved up nicely. So look, I mean, I actually got it wrong in terms of, dis you know, discerning when ResMed was going to turn around and it kept going. So, you know, it's anybody's guess really, Dale, as to whether it'll keep going. And this, this could be a, a really good stock for the future as well. The only thing I'd say, though, is if, if you see um, some weakness on the downside with ResMed... Yeah, well, ResMed's in the respiratory stuff, you know. Yeah, so it's so a, it's sleep a bit more of a gold mine sort of area stuff. at the it's moment, a, isn't it? Yeah, ResMed's one of those ones. Being in the respiratory stuff, mm. it's going to help a hell of a lot of people in terms of people that are having trouble breathing, that sort of stuff. So I think that's where it's going to be benefiting from this type of thing but with not, the coronavirus. But, but, but I wouldn't have thought that would be necessarily good. I, I don't know. I haven't done my research on how the coronavirus and ResMed's devices work. And whether... Well, the, the doctors are saying that some people will have ongoing respiratory issues mm. after they've fully recovered, So just like um, SARS did and things like that. Okay. So obviously if you get a really bad pneumonia, that can scare your lungs and things like that. Now, I don't fully know all of the products that ResMed do. I know, I know they make sleep apnea machines and those sorts of things as well. Um, and they're very much into, you know, um, helping people breathe to sleep, etc. So um, whether they diversify a little bit, um, if they don't have those sorts of machines, I don't know. No, but at the moment, they're very big. They're, they're in the They're not actually even in Australia, even though they're a listed Australian company. They moved offshore within about 18 months, two years, they moved to California um, to work, obviously, to, to push right through into the US economy. So that's pretty good. Mm. Um, but I do like the stock. I really look, it's do holding like up really well looking at that. We can see here, if we mm. look at the uh, the price activity off that top, that high there, mm. we can see it fell around 32%. So 
But that, that was a market correction. So there were stocks that fell more than others. 32% mm. was probably one of the better um, declines that we saw in a lot mm. of stocks and then a 36% rise just to mm. make that up. Yeah, and so, I think CSL is another stock that's mm. looking good as well from this point of view. But let's get to our next question or the next uh, email. It's an email from Lucia, dear Dale. It's Thank like you. That's Danny. nice when they say dear Dale, isn't it? You're going to solve all it's the not problems? like dear John, is it? No. no I, uh, I like your show very much. I hope you can answer my question. Dealing with the coronavirus, Australia is so far better than the US. So does it mean the Aussie stock market mainly up and is mainly up and down until around May or June? Many thanks, Lucia. Mm, good question. Look, isn't often it? we see that um, mm. sell in May and go away, but we've already seen a big sell-off. Could we see another sell-off towards the end of the financial year? Possibly. I don't think you can really compare Australia to the US in terms. Of, I mean, obviously, the US has ten times the population as Australia does, mm. and obviously, New York has infinitely a hell of a lot more people visiting it than than Sydney does. You know, in terms of. Um, you know, overseas tourists coming in. So they're obviously... What about the border control? I wonder yeah. how good our border control really is. Yeah, and mm. we are an island, so we're a little bit more isolated than what mm. the US are, those sorts of things. But in terms of the stock market, their stock market ran a hell of a lot harder and faster than ours since the GFC. So therefore, their, their fall's probably going to be a little bit larger than ours anyway. And sometimes... Uh, it's not unusual for their falls to be bigger than ours. They're a little bit more volatile than us anyway. So I wouldn't put that sort of... Um, connotation on our market over the next couple months. Right now, we don't know fully what's going to happen and we don't know what the outcomes are going to be over the next two, four, six, eight months. And and really, to some degree, that's not a huge issue. What we keep saying to people is have a plan. If you've got a plan, then it doesn't matter what the market does. You're either in or you're out. It's pretty simple as that. And so mm. trying to work out where the market's going and what it's going to do next week or over the next six months is going to do your head in pretty much, uh, unless you're highly trained analysts like Janine himself. So we'll keep giving you information, but right now we're saying don't buy, stay out of it, sit on your hands, wait for the dust to settle, pick some really good stocks when the market moves and then you'll make some money. But right now is the time to learn. Well, the big fund, fund managers will be adjusting their portfolios mm. come July, mm. the start of the new financial year. So we might see a bit of a shift then. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, okay, Dan, I think it's time that we get into the chat and handle some questions Ooh, there. Cool. Fantastic. It might be a little bit clunky tonight, so just bear with us. we got one from Ashton, and I'm not sure whether we can bring this stock up. It's at actually, uh, it's called SQQQ. It looks like, from the sounds of the chat, it looks like it's some sort of An ETF. ETF or hedge fund in the US, possibly on the NASDAQ. I'm not 100% it's a, sure. It says Pro Shares, Ultra Pro Short. Yeah. So Ashton says, hi, everyone. Looks I'm looking like forward to another great show. Short. We're free to talk. Yeah. Uh, he goes, oh, hi. Oh, hi, Dale. What a shock to see you on here. I'm always on the show, matey. <laughs> so, I think he meant on the chat. Sorry about that. Um, I picked up SQQQ due to a tip ice online. Um, first bad decision you've made. Um, it seems way too risky, though, as for some reason it goes up and down like a yo-yo. Should I just sell? Um, it's horrible looking at it. I'm just going to download the history just to make sure that we've got all the, the data. That's the DOG stock of the night and it's our first one. Because it's not something that we'd ever look at uh, for no. a start. Even if it was a stock, we wouldn't be looking at it. It's just a, it's just going down. So if all you did was look at a monthly chart and and worked out that the stock's actually trending down, then you wouldn't be putting your money into it. And I think that could be a good place for you to start in future when, when thinking about what stocks to buy. But right now, you can see there, I'll bring up the weekly chart. It might actually give us a bit more of a close-up view of what's going on. You can see that the bars are a bit patchy. Even on the weekly chart, there's been a gap up, so it's going to come back down and fill it. It could take out that low. When mm. a stock's trading near its low, it'll either bounce off it or it's going to just go through it. So, And it's the same with an ETF. It doesn't matter what what it is. It's A chart is a chart. It doesn't matter whether it's a currency, commodity, ETF, a stock. Oh, it's all the same. Yeah, it tells you exactly the what what's going on. The chart will never lie to you. I mean, obviously, with an ETF, you really do need to look behind it. Your first mistake, as I said, is is just taking tips from it from I'm assuming a chat forum. Stay out of it if you don't understand what you're doing. Stay out of chat forums because they're um, I call them the blind leading the blind. It's the people who don't know telling everybody else who doesn't really know what to do. And you're going to get caught in things like that. The best thing you can do is learn from yourself what to do um, and what you should be buying but if you're going to buy an etf also but you always need to look at the paperwork around the etf what is it what's it doing how does it make money how, where's your money what's its liquidity a whole range of things just don't blindly buy things so you know we're not going to tell you to hold we're not going to tell you to sell that's not what we do here we're trying to tell you 
um, this thing is not a stock um, that anybody who doesn't know what they're doing should be in um, for pretty much for that. But, or or uh, just get for, people to think, really. Mm. That's what we're here for, isn't it? Yeah, but mm. thanks thanks for, for your question. And it's really good that you're brave enough to um, place the question on here. So thank you for putting that on. And some people are not necessarily brave enough to put some questions on, especially when you're looking at some stocks sort of like this one that aren't doing very well and not very... Um, favorable to us giving it a good wrap from that point of view but let's get on to the next question it's from sensei okay. who asks and this one you can answer um he's going what have been the best top best performing price wise five to ten asx stocks since monday the second of march 2020 oh. i'm sure you know that off the top of your hand don't you well we're going to look at some of the some of those in the top 20. we're going to look at them um <laughs> go and do the research yourself don't ask us jeez um, from that point of view, not not hard to do. Um, we're going to look at can Coles. I just say, can Sorry. I just say on that to give it a little bit more help? Uh -huh. What you can do is go and get the price action of any website that gives current price mm. action. So whether it's an ASX website that gives that or a broking website, if you've got one, you can get that, put it in a spreadsheet and then just work out what the percentage change of the share price is from the day you're talking about to the present. Yeah. I quite often do it on my, my um, weekly reports when I show the top performing stocks That's for the week why and the month. That's the person's too. asking. Well, there you go. Because you keep, set the example. Keep watching. So let's get on to the next one. Coles for Aman. And I've got to, got to find his question here. Aman says, where is he? There's a lot of chat tonight. Gee whiz. Um, Keeping you busy. Keep you on your toes. He says, hello, Dale and Janine. Bought Coles today at 15.20 based on the chart doing higher lows recently. Any commentary on this, please, regards to all. Now, do, do I give him a bit of a smack now? Yep. Or, okay. I would. I'm looking at Coles Group. Have I got the right stock, first of all? We're talking about buying Coles. here. No, no, he I says Coles. It's actually falling. Uh, so since it's made this high here, this was actually the, the week ending the 20th of March, I think. And looking at the week following that, the 27th of March, it was moving down. So it actually closed up that week and had moved back down again. Now, this is the challenge when you're trying to pick a bottom and then trying to, do, or you're following news and thinking, oh, Coles has got to be great. And we had this discussion, I think, either it was last week mm -hmm. or the week before when the Woolies, I think it was Woolies and, Woolies Coles, and Coles were doing well. And I just said, look, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be going in and buying these types of stocks right now because it could be that there's a rush for people to go in and buy all these groceries and hoard it up. And then at some point, mm. you can only use so much toilet paper unless you really go crazy. At well, you've <laughs> got to have a big... Um, I don't have a think lot of that's toilet appropriate paper. for this hour oh, of the evening. I didn't say it, evening. did I? I didn't say it. So. Mm. Remember that swear jar that we've got? <laughs> I think he'd better put something in there. He didn't, didn't swear, but it. I think that's worthy of one of those. Mm. That's a lot of backsides if you buy a lot of toilet paper. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, looking at coal, you can see since then it's fallen down. And that's what I was alluding to that could happen mm. during that. We can see on the daily chart if we go there, it doesn't look bullish at all as of, the, as of today. It, it did look like it was trying to hold up. But just the whole um, idea that potentially you throw your money into a stock just because people are talking about the fact that the supermarkets are doing well for a short period. But this is a good example of somebody. Mm. I mean, we're not having a go at you, Aman. It's, 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 there's no reason to buy this stock. There's no, it's not having higher peaks and higher troughs. It's not looking like it's bullish. Um, and that's really, when I look at the chart, yeah, there's no reason to buy this. Yeah, I mean, so, just do the trading mentor course. Mm. If you, if whether you've done a, if you've done a course with us, mm. then okay, um, maybe better go back and have a big look at what you're decided to do here. But mm. I don't think Aman's joined us yet. Oh, look, we've uh, got thousands of students. I can't remember all their names. No, but, but look, um, you know, the trading mentor course is a is a the entry level course. So if you're not sure whether you want mm. to do more study, that's really a way to get started and gives mm. you a, a good set of rules to understand the market. The next step is to go to the short course mm. or the diploma. If you're more serious about it, you really want to make some money out of the market and you're going to do this medium to long term, arm yourself with the right equipment. So mm. if that was the case and you had got that information, then like Dale says, you wouldn't be mm. buying coals mm. at the moment. I just want to have a look at Woolies just to see what the difference is between okay. Woolies and coals and see if we can see a point of comparison. Now we can see mm -hmm. there that Woolies reversed really strongly as well. So we can see that pullback. Now Woolies hasn't actually started to move up either. It's down. So the same thing. The same thing's happening across there. there. Yeah. Mm. So we've got another stock. I think we've made our point. No, no, no. We're not allowed to. We've been in, been in trouble. You know, last okay. last week I got an email. Uh, was thing somebody saying that um, 
Dale and Janine sound like my mum and dad talking about finances, only they know what they're talking about. <laughs> so good on your mum. <laughs> is it that you, your parents actually do know something? It's, no, they don't. No, they're really? saying we know something, but the parents okay, don't. I know that's what they're I just, saying. I thought it was good. I, was, I just laughed. You liked that, didn't you? I thought that was really, really mm. nice. But So now's the time to get into our subject for tonight's show, which is the top 20 stocks. Where will they head post the coronavirus pandemic. What will we do to help answer this question is to bring up the charts of the top 20 along with some other information. So let's bring that up right now. I'm just going to shop this down so, so we shoot can over. That. Now somebody asked about some examples of blue chip stocks. All of these are blue chip stocks, all of them. So there's some examples for you that we're going to have a look at um, on their stocks. And think, I think any much anything in the top 100 is considered blue chip, isn't it, nowadays? Or is it 50? Oh, it's definitely it, 50s. It floats, doesn't it? It's yeah, sort of, there's no move. real definition. There could be in the bottom of the 100 that you might yeah. not consider blue. Yeah, mm. being blue chip's about being liquid. It's about being highly capitalised. That's really what blue chip's about. But everybody's got a slightly different definition. But generally, top 50 stocks, definitely. But somewhere between the 50 and 100, it'll probably wane a little bit. But even at the top 100, it's still pretty, you're pretty safe um, in terms of stocks. But yeah. Now, now we, the, the idea of this top 20 discussion yes. you had, um, so where did you get the idea from? I know, just before I walked in the door. Did you steal it? No. <laughs> no. Out of my book, because I, I talk about it yeah, in my first book, How to Beat the Managed Funds, is all about the top 20 stocks. Yeah. And we talk about trading them over, investing in them, or being an active investor in them. So we show the returns, and we did a very good... Um, we've got very good returns in that 10 years. My next book is the same top 20 stocks for the next 10, 10 years, but more trading them on a very high level, um, even during the GFC, and we still got great returns. So both of my books are trading those 20 stocks over 20 years and showing how people with some simple rules that they can actually kick butt on the marketplace. Okay. So we've been through um, the pullbacks into 2003, the GFC crash, all sorts of things that affected the market and show people what they can actually do. Because yeah. as, as I said earlier, I think people underestimate these big blue chip stocks. You can make serious money out of them and have a lot less stress, Is it, is it because they worry. think that they're, they're higher priced? You know, the higher price ticket, therefore they want to go for the lower stocks because they're penny stocks? Or is it really the industry that are putting out information about these smaller stocks and driving that interest? I well, it's a bit of both. Like mm. the industry put out stuff about the smaller stocks because they want to create a lot more trading till they make more money. Yeah. So if everybody just bought the top 20 stocks and, and just traded those, there'd be less trading on mm. the marketplace. So they're not... So the industry is not going to get as much liquidity going in and obviously brokerage, etc. But it's also a lot of people think more is better. So and that's why we see so many people wanting to trade the US market going, wow, there's 500 stocks. Is in that the story of the grass is greener on the other side? It's uh, more it always about, is. There are, there are so many stocks to choose from. Where do I start? Yep. Yeah, yeah. But the statistics in the US are exactly the same as Australia. In Australia, they're told to invest overseas, right? In Australia, we're told to invest overseas. But if you invest overseas, your return is worse. Uh, and that's why I talk about diversifying your portfolio by investing overseas. Why do you need 2,000 things to trade? Because mm. where do you look? And then there's that fear of missing out. Do I pick this one over this one or do I pick that one? Oh, if I pick that one, then I might miss this one when so it goes. So what you're saying, particularly for someone to get started, that mm. the top 20 shares focus. are a really good place to focus. get focused and start? If you're, mm. on the, if you're on the start of the 100 metres final in the Olympics, what are you looking at? Mm. Are you looking at the crowd? Those 100,000 people in the crowd, or you're just looking straight at that ahead. straight ahead mm. in that finishing line. And most people, when they're looking he, at... He's saying Bolt, doesn't he? He looks at a, a small, really small window. Very like small circle, window. And that's what he's aiming for. Yep, he's got tunnel through. vision. And that's really where mm. uh, people think more is better. And it's not. Less is better. And so concentrate your, your attention on a smaller number of stocks. You'll make far better returns. You'll have less cost, less risk, less stress. Make mm. more money. Well, I reckon for an individual, it's hard for them to look at all, you know, the top 200 mm. or the whole market. It's yeah. just almost, you know, the amount of time that would be involved to do that mm. and do it properly because they're on their own. They don't have the resources. Correct. So, yeah. And they don't. And it's the information you've got to get and then who do you mm. get the information from and then who do you believe with that information, etc. as well. But one thing we've discussed here a few times in the past is when the market turns from going up to down, it's the big stocks turning down first. They normally give us a sign early, like 
through the GFC, big stocks were giving us exit signals months beforehand. Yeah. In the 87 crash, it was six, seven months before that happened, you know, like News Corps and all the banks. and They were, coming they were all coming, turning at different yeah, times. January, February, March, they were coming down in, in mm. 87. And so the same, in, in as I said, in 2007. So your big stocks will come off first, but then the opposite happens. The big stocks are the first ones to take off after a crash in a bear market is because everybody's panicked and they're going for safety. What are the safest stocks? The top 20. But people think they can make more money on the smaller stocks. They do. That's the issue, isn't it, really? And it's incorrect. Mm. You know, time and time again, I mean, we've been mentoring people for 20 plus years um, and helping them. And every time I see somebody trading all those smaller stocks, they've got this mentality thinking, I'm going to make more money, but they never do. Well, I still see people trawling Mm. the top 100 or 200 when Mm. they could narrow the search down. Yeah, I think Mm. spend your time doing something else. Take it easy. Yep. condense your time frame and buy good quality stocks and you'll you'll get some returns. So let's go to the charts okay. and show people what you're going to talk about at the moment. Yeah, now it looks like a bit of a mess because it is. And this is what, what's called a spaghetti chart. So whoever thought that Italian spaghetti would be looked at in terms of the stock market. Well, it depends on what kind of sauce you want to put on top to of it. how to view it. Oh, that does. You couldn't get any sauce in the supermarket the other week. I went to the supermarket and it was just completely bare. Was it? So I thought we had more Asian people in our area than Italians, but maybe I've got that wrong. I don't know. I think it's better making your own pasta sauce anyway. <laughs> cool. Actually, there's one Australian company that makes a great sauce, but I'm not. I can't give them a plug, can I? Why? They're, I can't even think of their name, so I have to come. When up you back think with of it, tell us. Time. But let's get back to the spaghetti chart because right. you're making me hungry. All right. Now, looking at it here, you can see that um, now it may be challenging to see this, but the top uh, line graph there, the, the one that's um, really um, high up on the chart is actually CSL. Now, there's probably no surprises for people that CSL has outperformed in the top 20 shares on our market. And it's just kept so going So what's the up. time frame of this? So this is over um, a month, yep. right? Um, but we can look, it's, it's over five years, right? The chart will go all the way back to um, five years if I want it to. But we're looking at what's happening in any one month in terms of how far it turns down. So you can see some of these moves here that happen, particularly the current pullbacks we're seeing in GMG, um, CSL, Newcrest, these stocks are actually holding, have held up relatively well compared to a lot of the, in the market like NAB, Telstra, ANZ, uh, Woodside are already way down near lows. Um, CBA is another big one that's come back recently. So there's some stocks that had big moves on the way down that have been that are hanging out at the bottom part of this graph here. Ones that are actually looking more promising potentially with turnarounds. And and you and I have always liked Macquarie though. Interesting mm. that that stock got hit really hard in the GFC, but it has done incredibly well since. Well, it's been the best performing bank since the GFC, but I think it fell like 70 odd percent with the GFC, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Something like that. So, so that tells you that it can at times be more volatile, but I mean, you've got a, a chart that you, or a table that you're gonna show people shortly yes. as well to talk about the volatility of these shares. Some of these top 20 stocks um, have, are, are no different to a lot of the rest of the stocks on the market in that there's been a, a, obviously a market-wide pullback of money out of the market. So when you see, when you see so many stocks falling 30, 40, 50%, you know that that's not a sector-wide or stock-wide, it's a market-wide thing. So it doesn't matter whether that's now or going back in history. Mm-hmm. But when we start to see some stocks recover quicker than others, then we can start to look at, well, okay, that's a sector um, scenario that's happening there on some stocks. Now, we can see there that Rio is actually um, holding up reasonably mm. well. Woolworths as well, TCL, Transurban's up there. So these are stocks that you might consider keeping on your, your list because they, they tend, they've been a bit more resilient mm. in terms of the way that they've unfolded. Now, uh, looking at the left-hand side there, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to expand that up. That doesn't work for me. No, you've got to, you've got to change the font. But anyway, oh, I just... can't do that right now. Sorry. No. But look, I've got the list of those stocks there. And you can, you'll have to squint to see them. Get your magnifier out. Those of you who have got big screen TVs are probably um, connected to, you, to your um, computers are probably doing quite well in seeing this. But if you can't see this, I'm going to read it out to you. So looking at this, we can see the change in the last month. We've got Amcor listed at the top. So these are all in alphabetical order, the top 20 stocks, all the way down to Woodside which has performed really poorly there. Now, if I click on that, um, it changes the order. We can see that um, S um, Centre Group, so SCG has actually performed the worst, 54% down. Now, shopping centres have been um, affected badly by this. Obviously, the the rents from the tenants 
won't be coming. Well, that's what I was talking about with Jim today in our, our US report that's got released this afternoon. I'm saying I would be staying right out of anything to do with commercial mm. real estate. So all of the yes. stocks that are in commercial real estate, I'd be staying right Which out of Which is those. interesting because that area has done so well, mm. not necessarily SCG, but I'm talking um, the big stocks like GMG, a lot of those big uh, yep. companies that have been into Shopping that space. Shopping centres mm. and offices, that sort of stuff. And so yep. I think a lot of super funds are going to be hit from that because a lot of them are in office buildings or in True. commercial real estate as well. So uh, because at the end of the day, if you've got a business and you've got 500, 1,000 square metres of office space with people and now they're all working from home and they all love working from home and you're setting up all the systems for them to work at home, you can't tell me you're going to go back to having 1,000 square metres again. You're going to be looking at... It's costing you a fortune per month. Yeah, it costs you less money to have staff at mm. home and if they're happier and if they only come in part-time or rotate a couple of days a week in and a couple of days out, that's what's going to happen. There's going to so be So you're saying shift. we're going to have a ghost town in our city? Um, I'm maybe not a ghost town, but I'm going to say there's going to be a huge shift in commercial property. I'm also thinking residential property is going to be hit a little bit as well, mm. simply because how are people buying property at the moment? You know, mm. loans and But and the funny thing is the financing. clearance rates have been mm. great. I was talking to someone, I think it was on the weekend, mm. and they were saying that properties are selling. But the and longer the, and this the guy goes... Who, the guy who builds the boards, and that's mm. always a way to tell the people who are building the boards, if they're making money and having the best months that they've had and it's not through putting up um you know fate boards which mm. are not happening or anything like that's ha not happening now but it's actually property mm. boards going up that are doing really well well i don't think it's if we, if we go much longer it's not gonna i think real estate residential mm. real estate will get hit as yeah. well but maybe not nowhere near as hard as commercial but right now i think a lot of commercial landlords would be scary I'm look scared. i actually think that's more that um you know that the fact that they've talked mm. about the foreign investment review board and and what will happen, the government's putting in new rules again for foreigners mm. investing in our country. That could have more of an effect if they keep Absolutely. that going. It, it just depends on how long that runs for and, mm. and what happens following the next few months. Okay, so let's keep going. Otherwise, we'll be here till midnight. Okay, so we're looking at this. So down the list there, we can see that we're in the 30s for um, Origin, Macquarie, Woodside, mm. NAB, ANZ, Westpac, 30% uh, declines plus... Then we come down to insurance and banking, Suncorp, GMG, we just talked about uh, real estate, Transurban around 18, West Farmers 15. So then we're getting to mining. West Farmers, BHP and Newcrest are down at the moment, 15, 10, uh, 13, 12%. Bramble's down only around 11. Telstra's only down 10. And I was surprised that that was actually reasonably defensive, but it hasn't performed well for a long time, Telstra. No, it's been a bit more volatile, but that's the signal of those stocks mm. that have hardly fallen during this. Well, everybody's Maybe. using their internet, their yeah. phones, they're probably consuming more data, mm. but it's not... See, when people go into the stores, you, you've seen those... Um, the Apple stores and, and the Telstra stores, they were making Telstra stores look like Apple stores. Yeah, absolutely. And so what was happening was people were spending more money buying more products because they're going into the store you, and they've got a better yeah. opportunity to be able to sell that. Yeah. Whereas will that same thing happen if... Possibly not with Telstra, but with you know, Apple will sell stuff online. It has been for a long time, mm. makes a lot of money online and, and their services. But what you're looking for is with that list that Janine's just talking to us about is really looking for the stocks in this list that haven't fallen anywhere near as much, which means they're much more defensive, so they'll actually start to take off a lot more. Yeah. But let's go and have a look at some other stuff before we... I think we should... I just think we should just mention that IAG is only down 2 point something percent for the month. Rio yeah. is actually only down 3 and CSL. Mm. So Rio has actually surpassed CSL. CSL's down about 4. Mm. So I thought that was interesting. So if you wanted to have a look at that... Um... Yeah, so let's go and have a look at volatility. When the market... Uh, when we're looking at the market... There's two metrics you look at. One is momentum and the other one's volatility. So volatility is big swings in price. And so is it up one day, one down the next day, or up one month, or up one year and down the next? So what kind of volatility is there in the stock? But what's and, its and average why is that momentum? Important? That's the most important thing. You know? Well, you That's make money out of volatility, but true. you also lose money out of volatility right, too. Right, so it's about reliability. Correct. So mm. it's about being reliable. And that's where momentum, like Telstra has a very slow momentum. It's steady. Mm. Um, so Wes Farmers is more steady. CSL's a lot more steady. Cochlear's a lot more steady. BHP, Rio, Fortescue a lot more. Moment, well, BHP and Rio and Fortescue mm. a lot more volatile. They're more up and down all the time. So looking at this, okay. we're going to bring up um, just the next little bit here, and I'm just going to show you this, and I'll just if I can get my pointer on the right thing so you can see it. Um, where is it? Oh, it didn't. Is it coming up? Now he, you're the you techno. You can't even see that. 
You're the there we go. There it is. Thank it's you. just a little bit slow. See, I, th I really thought we were going to struggle. <laughs> I couldn't even read this it. This is what um, they can't they see can't it. They can't see it. Oh, oh, okay. So you can't see it. Why can't you see it? Can you? Can you yep. see it now? My guys, no, they still can't see it. I'm seeing it on here. Ah, look at that. We got it. No, it's still okay, not. Okay, I think you're going to have to read guys. it out. So let's just let's just leave it there so that we can. Oh, I so can't we can see Talk it. through it. Let me see it over here. Okay, can. Maybe you can see it now. So I you can really see it know. now? Um, what mm -hmm. we've got here is this is a, a slide that I did from a presentation I did for the ASX in 2012, I think, right. um, when they used to do their investor hour um, sessions. And what it was, what it's showing us is the positive and negative years on the top 20 stocks. So how many years and how many years did it grow in value and how many years does it go negative in value? And that's what we're talking about is, is that volatility. So on, it's the like, changeability of the stock. Yeah, so what's, and the predictability of it. So mm. when we're looking at, at this chart, what we're actually seeing is AMPs, half of the time it goes down. Mm. And this really hasn't changed. Half the time, gee, Seven, I think in the last few years it will now be most of the, you know, 90% yeah, of the time yeah, it's, it's been. First, whereas you compare mm. that to an ANZ, it's it's over 70% of the time it goes up. So looking at this BHP, nearly 70% of the time now, it goes up. Can we just talk about this again? Because yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure that this was back when, in what year? About 2011, 2012. Okay. Yep. So a lot's changed since then. Absolutely. With the you know recent ups and downs in the market. Mm. So though, so what Dale's saying is that back then this is how it was, but these figures could change. But this sort of thing gives you an idea about how to pick the types mm. of stocks that are likely to be better for you and more reliable and potentially easier to trade. Mm. So I'd be staying out of the ones in the red boxes because yeah. they have a propensity to have more down years or than the other ones. Or if you do trade them, you've got to have some short-term, short-to-medium-term strategies, not medium-to-long-term because you'll just be riding the ups and downs of the waves. Yeah, so the ones you really want to get into are the CSOs, your, your CBA, your BHPs, your RIOs, um, even, even QBE, even, 69%. Comes back up. But this is not, we're not saying that get in now. Mm. We're saying that at times, when the, when the time's right and the opportunity is there and the rules are met, then it's going to be some good buying again for these types of shares. Yeah, I mean, I, to, with this subject today, I really only sort of come up with thought, what am I going to do tonight? And I thought, well, great, let's, I was, I was playing around and I remembered that and I saw that, so I haven't had time to update that yet. Mm. Um, but that is the top 20 socks. Even though things have changed, you're I like, wouldn't suggest... You're like the magician that just pulls the rabbit out of the hat. You've always got something to talk about that's interesting. Yeah, so <laughs> to me, it's about finding stocks that spend more time rising than mm. falling because if they're having a bad year, and what it was what we're getting to, if if they're having a negative return right now, it's not going to last very long. Yep. That's really what we're saying, and then they'll turn to move up. So look at your Woolworths, look at things like um, your Westfields, your West Farmers, your CSLs, your Can we just go back to Optima just for a couple of minutes? Is yeah. that possible? You can go wherever you like. Okay. Um, as long as the producer lets you, because he can turn the lights out and go home. Okay. Just um, is it all right if we just have a couple of minutes? You've got okay. Thirty seconds. All right, now what I wanted to show you was just a couple of the stocks that were on that list in mm -hmm. the top 20, just so you can appreciate what's happened. So we can see here that since the peak in February, that Amcor has actually fallen 40%, but it's tried to recover 32% of that back. But it would actually have to trade up by around 70% or close to 70% to regain what it lost. And mm. that's what people forget. They forget You that. know, they think that, okay, mm. if a stock's fallen 40%, well, it gets announced that it's bounced and it's recovered somewhat, so I should have recovered most of what I've lost. But no, that's not the case when you mm. look at it. But this stock was already showing signs well before with all these peaks here that there was a potential issue on the downside coming for it. So a lot of stocks, even though we didn't know about what was going to happen with the pandemic, quite often we can see on the charts that there are potential issues there. Like the banks, we've been talking mm. about ANZ, NAB and Westpac for some time that we we're concerned that they could fall and continue to come down. And that's what's unfolded and here. And that's what's unfolded. And could continue to be the case. Look at how far that ANZ's recovered as a, as a percentage of what it's yeah. Um, so I'd say stay out so, of financials, yeah. go into things like CSLs, your cochleas. The growth um, opportunities. The growth opportunities, possibly your BHPs and Rios, because if rebuilding and things have got to happen, then yeah. those sorts of stocks will do quite well as well. And Coles, Woolworths, West Farmers, mm. those sorts of stocks. So, But hopefully you've enjoyed what we talked about tonight. As I said, it's um, 
I will be doing some more statistics as we go along um, over the next coming weeks to help you understand, but really stick to the best stocks right at the moment. That's really what we're saying. There's a nice smattering of those stocks as well, but let's get back into the chat and we're going to bring up a bank. So we've okay. got a question from Scott and it's Macquarie. So again, right. we've already talked a little bit about Macquarie in terms of so our So just our leave chat this there. open here? Yeah, you can leave that open there. So let's just bring up Macquarie. So Scott's going, hi Dale, can you please do a technical analyst analysis on Macquarie. Do you think it will be it will take a long time for it to return to its high in February? We we're just going to give you our thoughts, mate. We're not going to put a lot of TA on it, um, but let's have a look at it anyway. Well, looking at Macquarie, as is typical style for Macquarie, it fell 50 odd percent. Hmm. So it wasn't immune from it, although it held up really well, it held up longer than the other banks initially, but then eventually it was a market wide correction that we saw. So it's only recovered around 22 percent. Um, of the price from the low. So this is not 22% of that um, fall, it's actually 22% from that price there. Look, Macquarie is generally a stock that recovers, but it can take time for it to recover. As you'll observe in the history of the share, you can see how long declines unfold for before it then actually gets underway. Look what happened during the GFC. We don't think that there's going to be a long-term decline here, but it could be that we see um, stocks like Macquarie and um, and other financial stocks that are more growth related bounce somewhat and trade sideways for a while. But then there's always the risk of a further decline. So what we're really waiting to see now is we're waiting to see a bounce at this bot, this um, low that's happened in in March and see if, if that low is going to hold. And that's going to take some time. So you just have to stay tuned to the show to, to watch that because it's really too early for us to say at this point. So that's Macquarie. Okay, so can you type in ANZ for SB? But um, somebody's asked us about the video behind the Seeds of Wealth. I think it's the Seeds of Wealth behind one of okay. us. Um, that's actually a DVD, Michael. It's not a book. Um, so we do have, um, that's part of our investment pack and traders pack on the website. So you can buy the two DVDs and book together if you like or buy them separately, your choice. Um, but let's get into the question for SB. Okay. He says, if I find it, he says, hi, Dale and Janine, your thoughts about ANZ. So again, we're talking about a top 20 stock here, which is good. Yeah, now ANZ produced a pattern that we were concerned about, like some of the other banks like Westpac and NAB. But I just want to sh quickly digress and show you what's happened to NAB to give you an idea of what my concern is with ANZ. So right now, and we've always said that NAB has been one of the worst performers over certain periods of time in history. But looking at NAB, it's taken out this low of the GFC recently. So that's important because that means that the stock could continue to go down for a time before it eventually settles down. Now, coming back to ANZ and comparing it, it hasn't actually taken out that low yet, but it could very well do. And so that's the real risk for ANZ right now as to whether it could continue to fall below that low. And so I'd be watching very carefully just to see whether it actually finds a bottom. Now, I'm just going to change the chart to a weekly chart so we can see shorter term. As you can see, there's only one week up. You cannot tell whether a stock is actually going to turn around and go back up with one week up off, mm. the, off the bottom. It's just not possible. So let's just wait and see. We know we've got a gap here on the chart with ANZ. So we could see it rise to fill that gap in the short term, but that's what we'll be watching for. And we wouldn't be looking to purchase it, you know, even if it does go up and fill that gap, because we'd be waiting to see the check of the low. Because often what happens mm. in these situations is you get people buying it, buying yes. it, buying it. The buying slows down because the big money is actually pulling back and selling the stock into those, those peaks. And then the little suckers who come in after that, and sorry about that, but it's often the little it's people rally, yeah. that it come in and they'll be trying it. to buy it up. Because what will happen is the institutions and different organisations will be promoting those mm. shares at that point to help them offload the stock. Mm. So that's what you've really got to understand about the industry. Cool. So watch out for that. Okay, we have another question on Fisher and Paykel, FPH for Jason. Uh, Jason saying, bought your book, um, just interested in Fisher and Paykel Healthcare. Has it gone too much? Yeah, look, I mean, it's done incredibly well through this whole period here. It did fall away. So incredibly good pick there. Nice to see that, uh, a, a stock on the market. A lot of people have been asking about this the last been couple been pushing weeks. up. Yeah, look at that. So we've seen the, the week when the market really imploded that 13th, around the 13th of March and the stock pulled back strongly and then following that took off again. So I think that it might actually slow down now. I don't, I don't see it actually pushing higher. I think this is a reaction to the fact that this stock is in that space. It's just a bit like Coles and Woolies, only a bit more bullish because they've got a, 
better opportunity. Do you know what excites me the most? What's that? Hearing about stocks or people asking about stocks that nobody else is talking about. Well, I like the fact that they're actually asking about a stock that's going up and well, not I like trying that to catch too. the falling knife. But generally people follow each other. So, Because yeah, I said the last two weeks or three weeks, all I've been hearing is fish from Paykel from people. Right. So, and so, you know, last year was A2 Milk and Balamoose and okay. they all follow each other. You know, whereas I'd rather pe people pick stocks we've never heard of before, we haven't seen but for please, a long time. But please, in saying that, not the ones that look like a picket fence. Yeah, yeah, the worst ones. There's no absolutely, the, absolutely, the rubbish ones on the whole place. That's I don't what know I why you're saying Because I like to get a bit emotional. No, about he's saying things. that because that's actually often an indicator of when the market's actually going to turn. Mm, okay. So there you go. So let's get on to the next question. So we've got right. Michael is asking about CGF. Now, everybody's telling me I should be writing a new book. Um, and updating it, no, is the answer. Not, you don't know what You don't know how long to. it takes to write a book, guys. It really doesn't. Oh. Um, Michael's going, um, hi, Dale and Janine, uh, sitting behind, oh, that one, we've already done that one. Um, CGF, I CGF think. would be. He hasn't asked the question other than CGF. Yeah, look, CGF surprised us. I mean, it's just an, it's an interesting company, um, Challenger. Looking at it here, you can see it, it's not unusual to see a stock like this and it has changed over the history in terms of the, the company. But looking at the whole history of it there, you can see some big dramatic declines. And another one here in October 2007 when the GFC hit, it actually fell. Let's have a look at the percentage fall for Challenger back then, all the way down to this low here in 2009. That was 86% Dale that Challenger fell back then. So if we look at what had been happening, you'll see that in the recent decline, it actually fell 72%, so not unfamiliar with what it's done in the past. And this is where history often repeats as we talk about. So Challenger really got hit hard. I don't know if that's um, fully, if it's really justified, but the market's made its decision and voted it down, so that's what's unfolded. But I'd still be looking at this stock down the track if it survives to, to as an opportunity because in the, for the longer term, but I wouldn't be trying to jump in it off the bottom as you know we wouldn't do that but it's only one week up of course on the market there's a big gap up here which it could rise to fill it at some point but how long is it going to take to do that and are we going to see a further move down so that's challenger okay nan for william william's asking about uh, he's saying hello down janine can you please have a look at nan now for isn't me? nanosonics one of those ones that you want to talk about that nobody's talking about or is it one that people are no talking about? they've been talking about that for quite a while but um the, william's actually holding this one at the moment so he's doing okay okay look at the moment um, i mean there probably are quite a lot of reasons to be to getting to be getting out of the stock uh, saying that, it's actually recovered reasonably well. So looking at the weekly chart there, I'm just expanding that up for you so you can see it. At the, now it has, is this a sucker's rally? Well, we're seeing the close coming back. It's only Tuesday, so it's early uh, in the week at this point in time. We could see a further move back up during the week. Let's just have a look at the daily chart to see what that indicates short term. There's a little gap down here on the daily chart. Let's see if it holds. See how it's filled the gap and then all of a sudden the the sellers, um, they come in, they just offload the stock. The close is down low on the day. It, it'd be interesting to look at the volume, but I'm not going to do that now. But it's just look at the psychology in the bars, at the open and the close of the bars to understand whether people are buying and selling and what's actually happening there. And just go back in history to see how that repeats for the particular stock. You can do that on the weekly chart as well to see what happens. So that when, when a bar looks like this in on the 14th of June 2009, the open was low, the close was high. That means there's buying behind it. And if, if volume supports it, that means that there's a good justification for it going up. So just go through that exercise when you're looking at a stock. So Nanosonics, mm. we're finished with. Have we got another one? Um, aristocrat Leisure for Austin. If you still go to, we're going to time for do a couple more stocks. If you want to type them below, we'll have a bit of a look. But Austin is saying, hey, guys, thoughts on Aristocrat Leisure in the next couple of Jeepers. weeks? What do uh, people say the next week or when it settles in the next week or two? Why do they say that? I don't know, because they, they want to know short term yeah. so that it can help them potentially if they own it. Okay. Or maybe they're looking to buy it and they want to try to profit out of it. I don't know, but Austin doesn't say whether he owns it or not, but it's interesting. It'd be nice if you actually disclose a bit more information. Thanks, for Austin, for bringing up this stock. It is an interesting one. It has trended mm. so beautifully over time and done incredibly well. Look at how it surpassed the high of the GFC and continued to trend up. So that tells me it could be a really good share to be mm. looking to trade down the track because that could repeat. However, at the moment, it's just like every other share on mm. the market. It's 
it's too short term to know whether this stock is going to move up or not. Again, there's a, that gap on the daily chart. It could rise, but there's no rules to get in there yet. It hasn't even confirmed that the low is in. So there's there's probably at least, a, um, you know, four, there could be four to six weeks before we know whether that low's in. Yeah, well, it could be. And that's the thing is, that's why I was sort of saying, why do people say next one or two weeks? Mm. And it's interesting because for you and me, a buy is a buy when it's a buy, mm -hmm. when it confirms rules, not just when we don't put a time frame around that we don't say oh we're going to buy that next week or in a two weeks time or a month's time we just say when it confirms the rules we'll buy you know and if it's a sell it's a sell when it's a sell yeah but i think part of the problem is because the 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 broking industry tend to put buy recommendations out now they don't necessarily have those rules so they'll they'll say okay we think it's a good quality stock because it's done this this and this therefore buy yeah well we know it's undervalued why, well, well we know why brokers are named brokers don't we no but there's some really good brokers out there i'm not saying that they're yeah. all you know like that but you know, at the end of the day, I think I'm just talking about where this thinking is coming from. Mm, but it's mm. this short term type of thinking that's not based on logic and solid rules. Mm. So and to me, it's, you know, it's like it's like last week I said, you know, we as experts, we learn more from people's questions than they do from our answers. Because constantly we find people don't actually listen to what our answers are because we keep yep. getting the same questions from the same people. Sure. So it's about having rules around buying and selling. So when something is a buy, it fulfills your rules and you buy. So whether that's next week, next month or next year, that's when it happens. Mm. And that's really what it is. And so, you know, I can't urge people enough to buy my book because it'll sort out a lot of issues that people are having and it's 30 bucks. You know, there's a whole heap of them behind Janine. Come and steal one um, from that point of view. But Cherie Gilroy, I think it's Cherie's asking about. Um, so uh, she's saying if interest rates will, uh, so if interest rates will go up with helicopter money, will the bank start to improve? Um, been on the downtrend over the period of time. So obviously, there's been we've had a lot of this. I won't say quantitative easing, but you know, obviously stimulus packages, etc., to try and stimulate the economy. What do you think interest rates are going to do in the next six months? And what do you think loans and everything are going to do in the next six months? Look, in I 30 actually, seconds. I actually think that's a really complex question like you're alluding to. Mm. So there's a lot involved here. And I think the banks are, you know, they're in a difficult position right now because mm. there's a lot happening. It's a very fluid environment and we don't know exactly where things are going to go. If there's a property market, what's going to happen there? There's interest rates, there's borrowers. And, and how are they going to go? There's people who have got money in the bank, you know, potentially some people are taking money out. Mm. So what mm. what is happening with the banks at the moment? It's not clear. Yeah, and that's the thing is, and people say to us, I've been seeing things on our YouTube and our Facebook and everything saying, oh, we're going into depression. We're, you know, we're going to be doom and gloom for the next 10 years. You know, Harry Dents is saying this, you know, that sort Look, of stuff. the worst case scenarios don't generally happen. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying they can't happen. Mm. However, generally that's the case. And if we look at... Um, some d analysis that was done long, long time ago. They talked about that your worst fear is less than one percent chance of actually occurring. So yeah. So mm. me, to me, it's what I'll say to you, Cherie, and, and to everybody else is control what you can control. Yeah. And and what I mean by that is you can't control the market. I can't control the market. Janine can't control the market. None of us can control the market. We can't control interest rates. We can't control housing prices. We can't control much to do with the general market. What we can do is control whether we buy and sell. That's all we can do in the marketplace. So we can decide to buy stock or sell a stock. We can decide to stay out of the market or get into the market. And by having rules around that, and I know you've got rules around that, Cherie, so I understand Cherie's one of our students. So to me is, whilst all this other economic and micro and macroeconomic factors are interesting, at the end of the day, the chart will tell us exactly what we need to understand whether we want to buy or sell. And I don't think we need to sort of clutter our brain up with a lot of other stuff. Yeah, because now you're going to make us. a decision today based on something that may or may not happen no. down the track. No. The only thing that what you're saying is the only thing that you can really be clear about is mm. what how you're going to trade and the, the, the risk you're going to take and the stocks mm. that you're going to buy and also when you're going to buy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the whole thing is, is you know, is was it that the, all those P's preparation prevents P Poor performance. Oh. I didn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> didn't get the swear jar. I'd be out, asking for a two dollars in that swear jar if you did. You'd probably get four dollars into and the swear jar. And I can't hit you either. You're too far away. Well, you know, if you plan to fail, you fail to and plan. And I'm not a violent fail person. Fail to plan to plan to plan. I don't know. You know what I mean. But maybe the producer's got something there that he can throw at you. I don't know. Have we got time for one more stock, or are we are we we have to wrap up now? One more stock. Let me see if there's one more stock down the bottom. No, you pick a stock, Janine. 
Um, look, I was wanting someone on the chat to pick a stock. Who's the last person in the list? Cherie, I just told you her question. Go so up, up a little bit. No, uh, there isn't any. I've looked at them. So oh. go and find us. You tell me you a stock. Missed some you missed last time. I've picked a stock today, so it's your turn. Okay. I predict Ansel. So. I'll pick Flight Centre because it's in a trading hold. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So what do people do if they've got Flight Centre? Um, well, there's nothing you can do because one, it's one in of a trading our, One hold. of our students has been shorting flights and they've got a mozza at the moment. Um, look, I've got, I've got, I've, I have two minds about shorting, mm -hmm. and I, look, there are stocks on our marketplace that have actually mm -hmm. done the wrong thing by mm -hmm. investors. So there's been class actions where mm -hmm. things have happened against certain companies, and honestly, I'll, for my personal opinion, I wouldn't think twice if those people on the board are still there about shorting the stock, especially if they're a big stock and the, the stock can actually weather it. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about a stock that's in distress, potentially the company could go under, people could lose their jobs. I, I, I take the moral high ground instead on stocks that I wouldn't be prepared to short. And I think that mm. the, you know, the market, there should be um, steps where mm. that, that come into play that if there are stocks in distress, that there's something that can be done to stop that happening. Yeah, I sort of look at it a couple of ways in terms of um, flight sender has got the perfect opportunity right now to clean up all the dead wood, the crap make it a lean mean business mm. because of where it's at at the moment and a lot of companies have got that same opportunity i know you've both you've worked in corporate business i've worked in corporate business a long time ago and there's lots of dead wood in them and this is an opportunity for some really good companies to get lean and mean well, refocus on how they do the business is that in these situations i, I read these mm. books years ago it's called the shock doctrine if anyone yeah. likes reading books what ends up happening in these crises that occur is that companies come in and they prey on the companies that are yeah. down. So we've already lost heaps of Australian, good Australian companies to overseas countries. Yep, and, and we companies. have. So this could be an opportunity for some of those overseas companies just to come in and pick them up for a steal. Possibly, and, and we need to be shame. protected by the government. But I read a book by, by a gentleman called Al Dunlap and it's called Mean Business. And he's the guy that sorted out GE, he even came in um, and, oh, yeah, yeah. and rub bellies with Kerry That's Packer to fix Channel 9 and everything mm. else. And here's the whole opinion. If the, if the thing's hitting the fan, yeah. let's just cut it clean off it straight off. away, clean it up, bang, we're back on. Let's get yeah. rid of everybody that we need to get rid of. Tidy it up, let's go. And I think there's a lot of companies in Australia have got so that So the company survives is what you're saying. Yeah, and Flight Centre was already going to close down so many um, places because they were uh, acquisitions that they bought. So this now's a perfect time. So I'm not saying Flight Centre is going to go absolutely ballistic when it opens up. I'm just saying that the future's not as bad as people think for Flight Centre. People will still want to travel. I seriously... Yeah, I agree. As soon as Flight mm. Centre is allowed to take bookings again, I'm booking my flights to Europe again mm. and in my holidays, and I've got to go to the US later to this year. So as soon as I'm allowed to travel, they're going to get my money. And but, but they're putting all these protections in place. Mm. They're paying people money to either stay at work or yeah. to stay at home. Mm. But how are they supporting these companies that are in this situation? Because they're well, just they as are. much... You know, affected by it and their employees. So mm. they're helping the employees, but what does that do to help these businesses? That's what. Yeah, I'm well, asking. that's what we've got to find out. But again, I don't think you know when flight centre does open up. I don't think it's going to be as bad as what mm. um, people are thinking at this point in time. I think they'll bounce back relatively quickly yep. if they're doing it smart. And there'll be a lot of companies doing that. So, mm -hmm. in the end of the day, well, we'll find they, out. Only I time will tell. Well. Cool. Mm. Well, that now brings us to the end of the show because I got the producer yelling in my ear saying. Um, wrap it up, Dale. You talk too much. No, you do. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed our show and thanks for participating, especially all the people in the chat. It's been fantastic to see all that. So if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, how about you send in your ideas and we'll look at it for our upcoming show. Now, if you'd like to see the show continue to grow, then remember to share it on your social media with your friends and colleagues. Also remember to make sure you put this show into your calendar as we'll be back right here on YouTube Live every Tuesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Now, as always, we are here happy to receive your questions, so please send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au like some people did tonight, and just type Wealth Within live into the subject line. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, and again, we really hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have, and as always, thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.